pull up on you Then I might swear, aye Double off deuce, deuce, aye That you might work, aye When I pull up on you Then I might swear, aye Double off deuce, deuce, aye That you might work, aye That you might work Welcome back to another episode of the Michelle Matters Podcast. I'm Jocks Michelle. And I'm Jackie Michelle. Welcome back. Hey, guys. Episode 92. Yep. Um, back at it again. For the haters. <laughs> <laughs> we are only here to improve on what we do. I don't care about the haters. You're right. Um, we don't really have haters. Gro- yeah, we just right. made that up. <laughs> Gro- <laughs> growing in discipline is what I call it. Mm. Stop being lazy. That's yeah. what I hear. That's what I hear. Yeah. Um, just do it. So, yeah. So, this episode, uh, just to get into it, um, what we wanted to, to kind of discuss was uh, was just kind of when we became comfortable in our full selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on what aspect of our life you're talking about. If we are comfortable. Mm, that's... <laughs> That's that's a good point. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely different stages for each. I guess you know different aspect of our life. I don't think there's a point where I just woke up and like, oh, comfortable. Um, <laughs> it's it's been a, it's been always been a transition. Yeah. Uh, or, or different times. Um, so if I could, I, I'd like to tag the sex or this podcast <laughs> episode. <laughs> Let so your soul glow. Churchy. Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um that glow. Yeah, so you know, of course the the initial reference comes from uh the the hair product in mm-hmm. um coming to America. <laughs> so I guess we can start there cuz I think that's a big one, especially for you. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so so when were you comfortable uh mm-hmm. in letting your your soul glow with your hair? Oh. Okay. So and I don't think I share this either, but I went natural by accident. Um, so, so I moved from Miami to Tampa for school and uh, my hair just started breaking off because I couldn't find anyone to do my hair. Um, and I had the same hairstylist since eighth grade. And so that was rough. And so basically I came home for the holidays and she was like, you know, why don't we just cut your hair off and you can just go natural and by the time you graduate you can just get a relaxer again and I was like okay I've trusted you with my hair since eighth grade so yeah whatever was it really that simple though like someone said cut all your hair off it really was that simple okay go ahead yeah so basically in college I just did what's called a protective style like throughout I I was crazy and I did micros and so those are like tiny tiny braids. I don't know mm. if you remember. Yeah. But I would always do those styles. And so I just had a lot of new growth anyway. Uh not a lot. You know, it was like how much you got, really. And so <laughs> I had enough new growth, you know, to pull to get the braids. Um so by the time I got home, she was just like, let's cut it off. She just cut the perm and and it was just natural it was like a little fro so at the moment i was like okay whatever i trust you Mm -hmm. i did not do any research i didn't know people were going natural i didn't know this was 2009 um so a year after i had already gone i did a whole year of college already and 
I got home to my parents' house. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck did I just do? Yeah. I need to make an appointment right now <laughs> to get some braids. Um, so I rocked the fro for maybe like a I don't even know if I made it a whole week. I did like a couple days. I don't even think I showed you a picture. For a while. Yet. Yeah, I didn't I don't even think I told you, you didn't I cut tell my me. hair. No, you didn't. I remember how I found out. I was on your laptop <laughs> and I don't know. I was I, did, I started like a little folder. Yeah. Which is my hair. And I was looking at, you know, you always have like Jackie has all these old pictures of us or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was going through the pictures. <laughs> and in one of the pictures, I'm like, Ew. Why is Jackie bald? I wasn't bald. <laughs> hey. So I had to cut you like, you cut your hair? And you know, this is He would not have known because I always had braids. Yeah, I had something. no idea. Yeah. And I was like, yo, you cut your hair? Yeah. And then we had to have this whole conversation. Um but I yeah, don't it was remember what was said. But I didn't even know that's how you found out. I thought you found out because we were going out for, it was probably one of those open mic things. What, what did they do at Applebee's or wherever that was? We used to do like karaoke night. Karaoke night. And so we were going and I was really frustrated because at that point I I had grown out my hair. So you never saw it short. No. When you actually saw, saw it out, you saw it like I had, I had decent length or whatever. It was okay. It was like, you, you had a little baby t- ponytail. Yeah. Right? Fishtail. Right. <laughs> and so... <laughs> we can laugh about it now. Yeah, we can. <laughs> and But I was very frustrated because I was like, I don't know what to do with my hair and all this stuff. And then you were just like, I don't know what to what to do for you. Like, you look fine. Yeah. Like, whatever. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I remember those those frustration days where it's like, yeah. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. None of these styles coming out right. No. And this is 2009, so there weren't a lot of products. Not a lot of people were natural. Like, some mm-hmm. of my roommates even were like, why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not joining any movement. Like, I'm just trying to grow my hair back healthy. <laughs> um, Y'all can wear wigs if y'all want to, but I just can't. That just doesn't work for me. And so, yeah, like, people were not getting it. Um, Even, like, family members, like, man, at that time, the things that that I've heard at that time, just Mm -hmm. to wear my hair, the way that God, the God that we all serve, allegedly, created it, Mm -hmm. is like, wow, like, I didn't know I was changing the world. Um, Yeah, so it, it took me a while to get used to natural hair. I want to say probably 2010, 2011. So maybe like two years after, once I moved to New York, that's when I was like, oh, there's a lot of people out here with natural hair. Mm. Like um, maybe Florida is just behind on this trend, quote unquote. And so there were a lot more people who were doing like YouTube videos and people who made their own products that I could just buy in New York and I would just wear it out. And I felt freer because I I was also in a creative industry. So I never really felt like I couldn't wear my hair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, probably getting into the industry. And then of course, once I got into corporate, I was like, Oh, y'all have a problem like with hair. 
um, because I would come with a new style and then all of a sudden it's like a conversation for 30 minutes. Um, but, but like not in a negative, that, more like no, curious. Yeah, more curious. But at that point, I already knew like what my hair liked and, you know, I was just, mm. it was fine. Um, <laughs> it was just kind of like, y'all need to learn what's going on. Mm. Um, I'm already comfortable here. So, yeah, it took a while. It took a while, but now it's like, it's just my hair. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you're a little more comfortable? Because now, I guess, you know, there's just so much more information. There's all types of tutorials and yeah. different things. Because I think that was like the big thing was you were just figuring it out on your own for yeah. a long time. Because, so for me, the turning point in... I don't want to say hair. It was not just you because I feel like you were natural way before I started seeing other people go natural. Yeah. But like around that time, I think it's when the good hair documentary mm-hmm. had come out yeah. and it seemed to be like, okay, people are moving in that Let's direction. talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe black women don't have to like permanent hair because there's some like so many chemicals. And I thought it was such a turning point, I think, in the way black women viewed their hair yeah. um, was around that time. And now there's just, I mean, now I feel like it's the other way around. It's like, you perm your hair? Like, <laughs> people, women are ashamed to say they want to perm their hair mm. because you get the side eye from the natural community. Mm. Like, man, you don't love your blackness? Mm. Like, you know, you want the white man's hair? Like, you know, the the white uh, standard of beauty? Yeah. All that stuff? Centric. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. Yeah. And I just, I don't have no, I mean, I'm not relaxed at this point. It's funny because I feel like I was, yeah. Um, were we together? Yeah, we were together. And then I think the, the next year, your sister went natural too. With my niece. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she was pregnant right and she time. just was like, I don't want to mess around, mm-hmm. whatever. But I don't even think, um, the women in your family would go to the beauty salon that often. Like, I feel like your mom did her hair Yeah, at my home. mom, like, permed her hair, Judy's hair. Right. So, they kind of already knew how to take care of their hair. Like, for me, I never did my hair by myself. Yeah. Two weeks, religiously, I'm in that chair. Yeah. Like, 8 o'clock, I'm the first one there. Um, <laughs> Getting my wrap, everything. And so... It was, it was a little different, I think, for Judy, but I, I'm not going to speak for her. But I it was cool going through that with her, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then shortly after, I think my sister went natural. And then shortly after, I feel like your mom went natural and yeah. my mom went. It was like everybody's going natural in our family now. It, it became but a thing. But y'all had a lot to say. Mm-hmm. It became a thing. <laughs> yeah. So it it's interesting, especially that's probably why I don't think about it at all now yeah. because it's like everybody. I mean, London's natural, like London's yeah. probably not ever gonna get a perm, and that's crazy. She doesn't know what that is. That's crazy, right? Because when we were growing up, that was like the thing. Yeah, it was when are you gonna perm your daughter's hair? Right, and you know how soon is too soon, and it was it was not a, a matter of if; it was a matter of when. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, that's not even a conversation. Right. Uh, and I, I mean, I appreciate it. <laughs> and it took it took some learning, too, for as a man, because we kind of just always, that's what we saw. The women on TV, you know, the women that maybe, you know, that you're introduced to, they have perm hair. And that's what you thought attractive was. Right. right. Um, because that's kind of what we were conditioned to like. Like, 
girls who didn't have permed hair. I was like, oh, like, you know, they straight from the mother as if that was a bad thing. You know, like, Jesus. they were just, yeah, but it was, yeah, like, it no. was, there was a stigma. I just, I remember it. it, but it's just so far back it that it's just like, man, man. Mm-mm. Like, that's not, that's not even a conversation anymore. And I think that's so good. Um, because I mean, for guys, it wasn't as bad. I think, I think for me, uh, when I never really thought about hair until I was in professional settings. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, for a long time, I assumed the only way to wear your hair profession was like a low boy and yeah. to get, you know, yeah, just get a that tape. Yeah. Just get a fresh lineup, um, cut your hair low. You know, brush it, whatever, get your waves. And it wasn't until, I I don't know exactly the moment where I kind of just embraced my hair. Like, let it grow a little bit. Yeah. You know, use the sponge brush on it, but it's still very, like, natural. Even products, like the right products to use. Yeah. You can't just head and shoulder it up. Like. Yeah. And (laughs) I remember when I first started, like, using the sponge brush, they were like, you know, the, oh, you trying to grow dreads, like. In a negative tone, mm-hmm. right? And it was just kind of, nah, you know, it's just, it's just black people hair. That's what it looks like. Right. Um, you lucky I did this much. Like, <laughs> if I didn't sponge it, uh, this is kind of the look. The sponge kind of organizes the look a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and places now, the curls different. Yeah. yeah. But now I think where I'm also at, too, is like, you know, I... I started doing like, you know, parts and different things in my hair. And I think for a while I was nervous because I just assumed that people would like, you know, think of, oh, yeah, like, you know, he's one of them or, uh, but I think now I'm comfortable in that in all settings just because. I feel like that was recent too. Like the last two years you started playing around with parts. I was like, okay. Yeah. Fade the size and leave the top. Yeah. It, before it was just like this is a one level thing. Yeah, I, I oh my my haircuts used to be simple. Yo, give me a one all the way around. Yeah. Uh point the sideburn and that was before I had a beard. And then yeah. uh just Yeah, you blow that. That was it. Sure. Now yeah, you know what? Fade the side, let me get a temp mm-hmm. and then let me get the the, the uh half moon the half part, moon. the little Nas part in my hair. Yeah. Um, I think even like I don't know. Now I'm just, I just, I just embrace all types of natural styles. Like even locks. Like I'm like, man, the the way that we were conditioned to view locks were terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like that's crazy. Um, so I don't know. I've definitely, it was definitely a journey. When they say hair journey, I don't I don't feel like I'm still on a hair journey because I just feel like mm-hmm. this is my hair now. I wash every week. I do some type of protective styling or I'll do a puff or whatever. Like, I just play with my hair. Yeah. Because I had a relaxer since I was like seven. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I definitely yeah. know Judy didn't get a relaxer that early. Yeah. But So from seven to 18. Man, <laughs> I had a Fine. relaxer longer than I've been relaxed. Oh, natural, so for real, I think so. Nah, right? nah, 18 to that's 11 years permed. You're on like 12 years now. Oh, okay. relaxed or natural, yeah. Okay, so, I didn't even think about it. Let's go. 
There it is. <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely, definitely comfortable in that glow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? What did you want to cover? So I have what we have written down too was like. Well, you spoke about um, just because I, I did glance at what you had written down. You spoke about work and like wearing your hair at work. So let's transition to work. Um, how do you feel that, you, you know, are you secure in your work, in your career? How did um, you get there? I, yeah. So I won't say fully secure, but I do feel more secure than I don't when know. When you first started. Yeah, of course, when I first started. But even like three, four years in, yeah. uh, because for a long time, I felt like, you know, was it like imposter syndrome. Like uh, my first job in the industry, I got really based on like my dad's referral. Mm. Um, so for a long time, I f- felt like I was riding his coattail a little bit. You know, his name got me indoors or... His name garnered me a certain level of respect um, because of, you know, the time. Who he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. of who he is in the industry. Um, so fast forward to now, I feel like I've done enough things. You know, we've worked separate for long enough that I'm just more comfortable in like what I know, mm-hmm. who I know, the relations I've built on my own. Um, that, yeah, I can... And I've changed jobs twice. So, like, you know, when I did have the first job, I just kind of was like, you know, they, I got to know them. They got to know me and whatever. I was kind of just in a rhythm. But then when I changed jobs, I had to prove myself again yeah, and do it all over again. And I feel like there, I did it way quicker. Like, I went from, you know, just kind of here to, like, no, nah, I, I do this now. Like, I'm, I'm up there in, in the... In the hierarchy of the the company, yeah. To now where I'm at my new company, and I walk in with a certain level of cachet, uh, and I think it just came from experience. Cachet, yeah. You know what I mean? Come on. You know, like, <laughs> like I come in and people are like, okay, subject matter expert type, like they ask me questions. I don't got to prove myself, yeah, as much. Um, and I remember there was one time I don't remember what job it was, but you told me, um. I mean, you had been there for like a little bit, but then somebody was like, oh, like, I guess you mentioned your dad for something or mm. maybe like as a for contract work or something. And they were like, oh, that's your dad. Yeah. And they were like, you know, putting two and two together, like, OK, this makes sense. Yeah. Like at this point, it's not even like riding his coattail. It's like this. This is good. Like, yeah. like this is legacy, you know? Like Yeah, I had developed my own path yeah. to a certain point. Yeah. Um, where now I feel comfortable standing on my own too. Uh and it's because whatever, I put in the work necessary. Like I stayed late, I study, I, I do whatever it takes now. Yeah. Or to a point where like, okay, you know, God forbid something happens to you know, and this this what I do is so like niche, like there's only a few companies. So you can only go around so many different places before you start to get like, okay, where can I work next? So that right. that's sometimes where I get with like, how comfortable am I? You know, it's, yeah, I'm comfortable, I guess, in myself, but just the industry as a whole, like you gotta, 
you have to get to a really high point where you know no matter what i'll never be without a job um mm. and that's i'm getting closer to that point yeah. i feel very comfortable where i am like i know whatever if tomorrow i needed to go find a job um i could but i think when i'm at my most comfortable where sometimes i get is if i could not only get myself a job but get other people jobs there too yeah that's when it's like, all right all right now i'm good yeah now i'm good that's when i kind of I co- not coast, but I feel I feel good. Yeah, uh, good space. Mm. Yeah. So what about you? Because you've gone through some some, some roller coasters <laughs> of a career. I don't. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nah. You you better talk on it because I don't feel like they were roller coasters, but I <laughs> maybe maybe they don't know you. I know you. I know what we go through here. That's true. We don't know what I say at home. Yeah. I think I've reached a point where I just know what I want now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not just taking any job just because it's a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, people see the resume. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, at this point in my career, if I show up in a in a space, I'm not like, um pulling teeth for them to like get me in the door or give me an opportunity because they see like oh this girl is knocking out the tech packs you know what she's talking about Mm -hmm. give me the invoice and i'm gonna pay it Mm -hmm. like that's that's how it is now and so um it's it's interesting because i always wanted to go i always wanted to do college in new york as if like that's why i know it don't matter what school you go to john because if you're supposed to be in that career and you know what you're doing, it doesn't matter yeah. if you went to such and such community college or Yale. Yeah. Um, and so I always, in the back of my mind, was like, man, like I went to school in Tampa. Like, am I going to be taken seriously or whatever? And just the the path that my career has taken, I I get confirmation where I go places and they're like, oh, you've worked with such and such? Like, oh, yeah. you worked man you know and i'm like okay like i worked under some great people i worked with great people who knew what they were doing and it shows <laughs> and so it's it's nice it's a good place to be mm-hmm. um yeah and so it i feel like at this point it's just kind of like i don't know where i want to, uh, okay i know how i want life to kind of flow mm-hmm um, cause I just want, I want home to be good. Number one. And, um, everything else follows suit. <laughs> That's just kind of how I operate now. So, so my question for you, right. When it comes to being comfortable in your career path, when do you feel like you became comfortable with being an entrepreneur? Cause mm-hmm. that's a whole new life cycle of going from, you know, nine to five w2 worker to 24 7 1099 entrepreneur yeah i i felt comfortable this year this is this is a recent comfort i felt comfortable in my skills for a very long time Mm -hmm. now but in for at least like five years now i've felt comfortable in my skills but working for myself that like that comfort just started because I feel like even earlier this year, 
you know me. Mm-hmm. I was still like, I'll just apply right here. Let yeah, just, you know. That's why I said it's a roller coaster. Yeah, let me and just you apply. You pretend like it's been the straight path. <laughs> let me just apply, and and it's just because like working for yourself is not. It's talk about it's it. inconsistent. Mm-hmm. It's just like people what? glamorize it, but it's, oh man, it's inconsistent. It's um, depending on what you do, you know. Is I feel like I work sometimes. I work more than. If I just went to work. Yeah. Um, Because I I don't think people talk enough about the security of nine to five. Yeah. Like a lot of times you hear about the drawbacks. Like, oh, you know, you you got to ask somebody to take a day Mm -hmm. off or... Uh, yeah, I gotta ask myself. Like, can I can I take a day? Can I afford can I, to take <laughs> right. a day off? Like, you um, still gotta ask somebody, right? Like, when I ask to take a day off, I get paid to take my day off, right? Thank um, God. Yeah, you know what I <laughs> mean. But but I think a lot of times people don't they don't talk about that side of it. Um, yeah, they, there is a glamorization of entrepreneurship that I think you know can set up people to make rash decisions, not knowing how hard it's like. Watching you do it, I don't think I could do it, but I also feel another a different level of of pressure. Yes. Um. Mm. So, I commend you. Well, and I'm sure we'll go into that as well. But I'm just like, it's also feeling. I I feel secure in my skills that I at this point I know where I can go to make money or I know how to make money. Yeah. <laughs> But I also feel secure in my relationship. Like, I feel secure in my marriage. And I feel secure that, like, even if I wasn't working, like, bills would be paid. Mm -hmm. I just know I need to work. Like, I just, for my own sanity, (laughs) I can't be just home sitting because that's just not how I'm built. Um, But, yeah. There's a there's a sense of security because I know who you are as well. Mm. And so like it's like a it's like a little table tennis game. Like I know that he's good, like he has us, but at the same time like I want to also have us and yeah, I don't know. So, but you, <laughs> I feel like it, you kind of answered. Yeah. But what makes you confident? Are comfortable in your entrepreneurship? The other way just wasn't working. Okay. I feel like what? What? No, nah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, okay, I get that. But a lot of people feel that, right? But they're still not comfortable oh. in entrepreneurship. They they may feel inclined to be an entrepreneur, yeah. But there's a reason people don't do it. Like they there there is a ramification to working on. You don't know if you're gonna make it. You don't know if you're gonna find clients. You don't know. Yeah. Like why are you, or do you feel comfortable in entrepreneurship? Yeah. And if so, why? I do feel comfortable in entrepreneurship. Maybe I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it's it's working. Like. And there are times where I'm like, man, like earlier this year when I was like, okay, let me just apply or whatever. And then, then I would be booked for the week. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, hmm, what am I doing? Like, what's not clicking? Like, this is working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
if I reach a road where it's like, this is not working, I can just get a job. Like, I think it's just, I know that I have options. Okay. I, I Maybe, think that's, yeah. that's real to be. So you're comfortable in your spot because you know that you're good either way you either go. Way. Um, this entrepreneurship, if it doesn't work, you could always go get a job. Yeah. So you're comfortable in, in that aspect. Yeah. And I'm also comfortable leveraging what that looks like now. What what getting a job could look like. Talk about that a little bit, right? Because I, I don't I think that's also a really good um something I've learned from you that I would also incorporate in my own like career path. Um leveraging your 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 skill. My skill? Or I my... think that's what you do. Yeah. Like, yeah. So one of the so okay, when we talk about making money, I said it's one of two things. <laughs> you leverage your time or you leverage your skill. Yeah. Right? Um, most people unfortunately only have time to leverage. Right. Um a lot of people have skill to leverage, but they don't know how to leverage it. Mm-hmm. I feel like you've found a way to leverage your skill in a way where you don't always have to be a nine to five employee, um, but still get consistent checks. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you want to like, maybe explain to some people how you did that a little bit. <laughs> I didn't know this was that episode. I'm sorry. I, uh- I didn't either. <laughs> I, we just kind of landed here. But when you said it, it's like, yeah, it's true. That's something that I think, whatever other people don't know or maybe mm-hmm. aren't aren't doing as much i would honestly i think i feel like that has to be another episode because okay. there's a lot to flesh out because i know people who have skills and and talents in different areas and then my mind doesn't understand when they're not doing something with it okay. like but they want to like yeah. so it's different when i know like they have a full time job and they're good. Like I could just do my my skills whenever. Like I'll I'll sell a cup that I put a cute graphic on on the side. Cool. But if they literally like hate what they're doing, and there are ways that they could do something else with it, even if they if it's still another job, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't have to sell on Etsy or something. It could just be a, getting another job, but like that focuses on that skill i just be like why are you not doing that but but i get yeah because that's what i'm <laughs> saying right like yeah and i guess we'll, we'll like said, we have to flesh we'll do another episode on yeah. it but in short in short he done yeah in short stuff. in short being able to monetize a skill that you have yeah. because a lot of the a lot of the things that people do for companies is skill is skill a skill that whatever that they've contracted out right yeah. But for them, it's it's more companies are finding it more beneficial to find people who have those same skills, yeah. but they don't have to pay overhead costs. They don't have to pay insurance. Yeah. They don't need a, a parking space, uh, a, a desk at the office. Mm-hmm. And especially in COVID, there's something there and learning how to like figure that out and monetize it, I think. You've done a good job of it's something I think about more and more in my life. Like, oh, how can I do that at the same time? Yeah. But yeah, so we can get past that. Well, thanks. Um. <laughs> okay. What else? Uh, 
I mean, I wrote down a couple things. Is there anything that you wrote down that you want to talk about? I'll piggyback off of yours. Okay. Uh, so for me, um, one of the things that I feel like I'm starting to be way more comfortable in is just my role as a husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one that I would say I was not comfortable in, of course, when we first got married. Uh, I may have been cocky enough to think that I was uh, comfortable in it, but you do it for a little while and you kind of realize, okay, yeah, this is not as easy as you thought. Yeah. Um, so for me, I feel like I'm way more comfortable in my role as a husband because I think I understand the role better now mm-hmm. than when I first started. There are a lot of like uh, tasks. Like, okay, just, you know what? Man, this is a good conversation. Right? right? So, so for me... I'm learning a lot about you. What? No, I'm joking. <laughs> so one of the things that now I really like to do when I start working is I like to ask, what are my responsibilities, mm-hmm. right? Because nothing's worse than like disappointing someone or not living up to an expectation because someone expects you to do something, but you're not doing it. But I'm also not doing it because I didn't know that was expected. There you go. So to match expectations... I think you need to define roles clearly. Um, and when we first got married, I don't think I understood the role. Mm. Um, and now I feel like I have a better understanding like uh, of what it means to be a good husband. Um, similar to being a good employee is accomplishing my responsibilities. Um, so it takes time. It took like communication and it's so we throw that word out so much. Yes. But it really is key. Um, I was having a conversation with a fellow husband and it's it's true, right? Like some conversations are tough, but I feel like most of our progress have come out of tough conversations. Mm. Um and preach. <laughs> and I think as a husband, some of my largest like advancements or most of my progression has come out of hard situations that we've gone through as a family um or as a couple of the conversations that we have you know seeing where i fall short and um that's that part yeah and it's such a a big part of being a husband is like like dying to self like not having an ego about certain things yeah um and yeah, so so I think I became a much I'm more comfortable in my husbandship, if that's a word, mm-hmm. um, in my in my role as a husband, um, because of the time spent, but also like experience gained. So like I didn't just I just haven't been a husband for seven years. It's been like legitimate like on the job training where I've actually gotten better at it yeah. because I try to get better at it. Um, not as something is going to happen by osmosis or just like, you know, just keep living. It's just going to happen. Um, and I think a lot of people don't, uh, get to that realization that like, they just think it's going to get better over time. Yeah. But you actually have to put in the effort and you have to want it to be better. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean. That's that's interesting. Yeah, and and when well, I say, but when do you feel like you got comfortable though? So so, 
I'll say, um, I think I got comfortable. So when we first got married, I was big on words of affirmation. Yeah. Right. That was like, you know, you do the love. Everybody does a love language test and whatever. But I think the reason why I leaned heavily so much on words of affirmation is because I didn't know what I was doing. So I needed someone to affirm my space to know that I was doing a good job. That's good. I, That's good. I, I, why are you I laughing? I feel like when I started to notice that I didn't need you to tell me I was doing a good job. Yeah. Because I was confident in what I was doing. Come on. Because I really like thought about it and what it took to do what I do and whatever. Go. So I don't know exactly when it happened, but I would say, re- I'd say recent for me. I'd say recent. Yeah. I would say in the last like year and a half, two years. Not great. I don't think I'm the best husband in the world, but I feel like I have a better a better handle on this. And like, do I think I now can give a young married person or a younger, because we're still kind of young, a younger married person solid like advice? Yeah, because I feel like I've I've learned a good deal from day one to day now. You've lived. Um, yeah, I've lived enough. I've <laughs> learned enough um, to... To be able to like, okay, look, here's where you can go with this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like, this is more so what it means to be a husband in the general sense. I don't know what your wife's particular needs are or your family's particular needs are. It may be more a more expanded role than what I have or whatever, you know, but, but just the basis, the framework of what you need to like do this well, to love your wife well. Um, yeah, I think I could give you some some tips uh, at this point. And I don't need Jackie to tell me, do I appreciate it? Mm-hmm. If she tells me, yeah, for sure. But it doesn't make me feel more confident in myself to hear it from you. Um, I think now I understand a lot of it is between me and God. Like he, I, I'm, and I'm not trying to sound super spiritual. Okay. I'm not trying to sound super spiritual because that's yeah. how I could come off sometimes. Go ahead. But I think in what I've like, so a lot of it is having to model Christ and it's this sounds super spiritual. But like I think that is the way that's the model for what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Um and once I understood that, it changed my whole mind on what it was what it meant to be a husband. Mm. Um and now that I know and I have a framework and I have somewhere to the standard is not necessarily always how Jackie feels per se, right? Because yeah, sometimes the best way to lead our household may go against what Jackie feels or or like so it's those are hard conversations sometimes mm. but I feel better knowing that whatever I I made all I made a lot of decisions and prayed up. There um, you go. Not not off the cuff like I did when we first started getting married. Um I'm my wisdom is not coming from So you're owning that that what? you did. What? Just do stuff. Without praying, <laughs> I'm not gonna. No. S- I would say what maybe the way when we first got married, I was more so inclined to uh, lean on your own understanding. <laughs> I'm also not trying to make this sound super spiritual again. <laughs> so I, I would say I was, I was, I was either trying to please you or please me, right? Mm. Um, 
And neither one of those is always the best way to like if when I tried to please you, it would be more so like, man, I know that's not a good idea, right? But it would make me feel better if I just did what she wanted me to do. <laughs> right? Like this would be so much easier. Yeah. Um, and I think that's more so where I landed when we first got married. It was either make me happy or make you happy. Mm. And that's not really the way to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. I feel like I'm still working. <laughs> oh, let me back up. I'm still no. <laughs> not there. No, no, no. But you are more comfortable. I am yeah, yeah, more yeah. comfortable today. Sure. Um, but I think I'm still working on some stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because there, there are times when, like, and what I appreciate with you now is that you make it known, like, at that moment. Whereas before, like, you make it known at that moment if it's like, yeah, you I, you need to get that together, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas before, it would be like a week before you would say something. And then I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm killing this thing, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> And yeah, I wasn't. Um but now it's like, no, no, no. Like, this needs to, you you know, you need to work on that. Uh, or, like, my delivery, you know, for certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a very, if you know me, I am a very, like, uh, quiet spirit. That's a lie. On the outside, in the outside world. There but I am very, like... Direct. Direct. Yeah. And Rash. I've been that way my whole like I'm quiet in the sense that like I just do what I need to do. Um and if you're in the way, then you're gonna hear what I'm yeah. really thinking, you know? Um Yeah, and I that's probably why my dad was like, Yeah, if she wanna marry you, yeah. take her. I think with you <laughs> Because like, I was like that with him. I think with you, I'm people say I'm like loud in public or I'm like, you know, a little more open, mm. but I think you are just in within the people that you deal with directly, they know you're more of a bulldog than me. Like I'm we we did a personality test. More than you? Yeah. We we did a personality test not too long ago. It was during COVID. And it was like, you know, the different personalities like animals. Mm-hmm. And Jackie, one of Jackie's animals was a lion, which was Pretty much like very, very like my way or the highway type mm-hmm. situations. And that is you. Yeah. I'm not that when I did the test, that was not one of my personalities. Cause that's not me. Yeah. I'm not like that. And for a yeah. man to be married to a woman who has that personality, that is and I've have several friends who have this. Mm-hmm. It is a weird power struggle and dynamic to work through when you're supposed to leave, but your wife is a lion. And that's a whole nother podcast. Yep. We can tackle that another day. <laughs> but but I think a lot of that too, because you mentioned like people would say you're outspoken in public and all that, right? Or like you're loud in public. A lot of it is um Which I'm not. You are, but I think because uh, I'm gonna tie it into this next point, is that that's just what I was told that this is, is like 
that's how I was told this operates, right? So like, woman, chill, and let your husband take care of it or whatever. So I would be that woman that's like, in in different settings too. Like we would be in church meetings. We could be in uh, whatever, where I just feel like, that's, that's probably something he should say. Or that's probably mm-hmm. something like, mm-hmm. that email should come from you. Mm-hmm. But I would be like, okay, you got to put this down there or ask this question. Like, but it's really my question. Mm-hmm. But that was also like a lot of unlearning that I needed to do because clearly I just, I mean, I know where I got that from, but that it's just wrong. Um, and yes, there are boundaries for women in different settings, but not in the Bible, which it, it, I know now is for my good, <laughs> but I think um, the way that I was living it out was just wrong. Mm. And it's like, girl, you have something to say. It's okay. Like, you can ask your question. You don't have to hide it behind your husband. He doesn't have to do this. Like, you can raise your hand. That's why everyone's here. <laughs> yeah. Because everyone has questions. Um. So yeah, I I think I'm I'm growing and learning in my position as a wife. Um and that's also that also coincides with where I fit in in church as a woman. And where is that? <laughs> I mean, I'm I can't say like, oh, this is the ministry that I'm supposed but like what I mean by that is yeah, I'm unlearning some things. That's all. Mm. I, I I know that I have um certain gifts and certain a certain personality that could fit in various, you know, um in different ways in the church to to grow the church, to love our neighbor as we spoke of in our last episode. And um yeah. Yeah, like I I understand that, um, man, because that could be a whole nother podcast too. But like one of my friends and I, we were literally just going back and forth and she was kind of struggling with just like a woman's place in church. And um, at some point, it's kind of like, you know, do you believe God is good? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And do you if if so, then you got to believe that what's in here is good mm-hmm. and for your good. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that there's nothing that you can do. Like a lot of people would just feel like, oh, well, then as a woman, I'm just supposed to just. They just see the restriction. Yeah. But there's a lot of freedom. Yes. And um, and I'm learning. I'm learning that right now. So. I'm yeah. growing in that. <laughs> Currently, <laughs> I am not comfortable yet, but I'm growing. Yeah, so when it comes to my place in church, yeah. Um and I think we can wrap up here. Yes. But when it comes to my place in church, um this is something that still growing with um but I think I've I'm starting to get to a point where um I don't see or I'm I'm more comfortable in the fact that I am a 
black millennial Christian, mm-hmm. right? And I hate throwing the millennial part, but it it comes into play. Yeah. Um. So you know what's funny? Sorry to interrupt. No, nah, it's your world. Oh, <laughs> it's not my world, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I don't remember what I was watching, but somebody, it was like a panel and somebody was saying that the millennials are kind of the last, are the last generation where like we, like church can feel like home to a lot of us. Mm. Of course, there are some millennials that are like, I didn't grow up in the church yet. But like we were the last that always went. Like Mm. we remember a time when it was like, oh, two to three maybe four days or services i'm at church yeah whereas like this generation yeah like yeah maybe i went every sunday but like that wednesday sunday and sunday and sometimes saturday and like they like we're like the last to have lived that if you grew up in a church environment you know yeah and so i think that does play a role when you when you add that millennial point because so Cause we're we're uh, we're a very distinct generation. Of course, all the generations are distinct. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, my friend sent me a meme the other day, or she posted. I can't. She didn't send it to me directly. Where I was like, um, millennials at a restaurant will uh, like order their meal, get bad service, but still t- tip twenty percent because uh, they still got to pay their bills, right? Right. Like, like, because we, there's the bleeding heart thing with millennials or whatever, um, which I think is still important in being a Christian. Like, I think there gets to a point where Christianity could seem kind of cold still, mm-hmm. um, because of whatever, some of the fundamentalist ways where, uh, certain people were outcast or, um, just kind of the way things have gone as far as like politics and Christianity Whatever. So so there's a whole thing where like you wouldn't want to include being millennial. I, I I don't like all the labels, but it matters. It matters in where I think I see my place as a, a Christian. Yeah. Um and then when it comes to being black also, um, it's hard to separate it. Uh and I there's always this large debate about, you know, Christianity of culture and all that stuff, but I think a majority of people can confidently say that because their culture is Christianity. Like, mm. like their culture is in- already incorporated into Christianity. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, Christianity over culture. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, because Christianity is white. <laughs> um, and, Jesus, man. <laughs> and I'm not saying like as a pejorative strictly, right? Yeah. But I think there can be a push to that direction to kind of leave your culture at the door. Because you're not the predominant culture. Um, and I think my culture still matters. Yeah. I am still in made in the image of Christ. And my black skin is part of the image of Christ. So I do not leave it at the door. I bring it in with me. Amen. Because it is Christ-like. Amen. Um, and I think it took a while to kind of buck back on that. Because that's kind of how, like, growing up in a, whatever, Southern Baptist church... That was that was the the overarching like idea um, is that we are Christians. We don't see color, this and that. But we all know, you know, it's not true. You, everybody sees color, mm-hmm. and it's not a problem. Yeah. Like I don't have a problem saying that I'm a black Christian because I am. 
Right. It is how Christ made me. Um, and I'm comfortable in it. Um, a little more comfortable than I was before. Um, and I'm comfortable bringing race into certain conversations because it is the matter of the day. And the Bible is supposed to be able to handle all situations. Mm. So why not race too? Yeah. So like, it's, you know, once again, there are also a lot more, I feel like, Christian voices that I can refer to that are black that I am now more tune with because the internet now I'm not limited to my local church. I can go on YouTube and hear other pastors and listen to or read other writings from other black um, theologians and pastors, uh, which makes me more comfortable. Like, okay, I'm not alone. There's other Mm -hmm. people out here. um, And there's not just one way to be a Christian, um, which is for a while what I struggle with because you go out into the world and people will tell you that Christianity is the white man's religion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I was in some days like, it's, I want to say it's Isam Akali. He's a pastor, or pastor, theologian, whatever. Um, where he was saying black people have been screaming, uh, he is risen from the beginning of time. You know what I mean? Like, this is not something oh. new. This is not something that we got from uh, from through the slave trade. The like, black people being Christians. Yeah. Um, and I'm comfortable in that because... Boy, you go to certain places and they try to make you feel bad for being a black Christian because how could you? Um, and my thing is, how could you not? But well, anyway, there you go. So, <laughs> a lot of a lot of this could branch off in so many different topics. Yeah, I think we did. We might need another part yeah, two or something. I think we did have a really good conversation with that. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was cool. This was kind of like a check in for, for us, right? A little bit, Low key. a little bit, yeah. So, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. Yes. Um, don't forget you can like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube. Um, you can communicate and give us <laughs> feedback on our Instagram. Uh, and our Twitter. Well, his Twitter. Yeah, you know, let's leave that off. Let's oh. just do the Michelle <laughs> Matters <laughs> topics. Um, do not confuse my views with the views mm. of the podcast. There you go. Uh, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> but, um, yeah, definitely tap in with us. Uh, yeah, and I... If you can uh, communicate with us, leave a uh, voicemail, all that. Yes. Um, it will be in the show notes, so you can leave a, a voicemail at the number in the description. Nice. Look at you. Right? I'm, I think I'm getting used to this podcasting thing. <laughs> I'm getting a little more comfortable, right? All right. All right, Let's guys. go get these groceries. See you. <laughs> Bye, guys. When I pull up on you, then I might swear, aye. Dribble off deuce, deuce, aye. That you might work, aye. When I pull up on you. Then I might swear, ay. Double off deuce, deuce, ay. That you might work, ay. That you might work. That you might work.